Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Let's join this week's conversation. Welcome to Mortification of Spin. This is Amy Bird. I'm here with my usual co-hosts, Carl Truman and Todd Pruitt. Um, Today, we wanted to talk about a trend that I have been seeing on social media, both in the wider evangelical world and also within the reformed-ish circles of theology. And that is this trend of taking sabbaticals from church or taking a break from church on Sunday mornings and gathering together as a covenant community. So first I wanted to read a short excerpt from a Facebook post. And this is, this is from Jen Hatmaker and not everybody would say, okay, well, we don't align with what Jen Hatmaker says, but a lot of people share this sentiment. So I wanted to read this one and then share another that I saw on Twitter. But so Jen says at the beginning of the year, she says, it feels so appropriate that it is restore weekend and this restore weekend, every fifth Sunday, our little church serves all around the city instead of gathering like usual. This weekend, we are serving the homeless, children of abuse, building wheelchair ramps for the elderly and disabled, serving the residents and the staff of the mental health facility, making repairs on an under-resourced sister church, and bringing a home into compliance with repairs for a foster family that recently took in four children. She continues to write and later on says um, that this is the important Part. This is why the church exists. The other stuff we do, Bible studies, conferences, books we read, and she puts church services in with that, that should just all be spiritual fuel to live out our call. And at the end of her post, she says that this is the fundamental call of the gospel, this work that they were doing instead of gathering for worship. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed on Twitter this morning, a reformed Christian asking for prayer because his family has been hurt. They were in leadership positions in the church. They have been deeply hurt, he said, by the church and have been trying to work it out. It didn't work out. So these challenging circumstances led them to step down from their leadership positions and away from their church. And now it's been months since they've been in church. They're living this new life apart from a faith community. Someone commented under that that they, too, had had to take a sabbatical from their church over pain that they experienced in their church. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think the first thing to say in those situations, of course, it's it's always very sad to hear about people who've been badly treated by churches and walk away. I mean, the first thing to say is that that's that's wrong. Mm -hmm. Churches should not be those that do damage to people in such a way. And on a human level, you can sympathize with mm-hmm. somebody wanting to, mm-hmm. to walk away from a church that has Absolutely. done harm to them. And we don't know the details in these cases, obviously, right. but let's give the person the absolute benefit of the doubt. I think, yeah, they mm-hmm. were treated very badly. They have every reason at this point to, to feel very disgruntled with the church. And perhaps they've made every effort within the church to seek reconciliation or... Right. or whatever, with those who've hurt them. So the first thing to say, I think, is 
acknowledge the existence of, of evil within the church. And of course, the New Testament's very honest about that. I was preaching right. on Jude yesterday, and one of the things that's very clear when you look at, say, Paul, well, any of Paul's letters, but certainly Paul's letter, Second Timothy and Jude, Paul makes it very clear, and Jude makes it very clear that the damaging, nasty, godless people that exist within the church right. are predicted by God. That's what the church is going to be like in these last days right. is the term. Mm-hmm. And one has as a Christian to accept that, even if it's easier often to accept in theory or as a theological truth than it is as a practical experience. Mm-hmm. The question, of course, is, is the right response to that to abandon the church in its entirety? I could certainly see a situation where it might be wise for somebody to leave a congregation and move to another one, Mm -hmm. to do Mm -hmm. so, of course, in an an honorable and transparent way, and to do so in a way that strives to to make it such that the person feels able to go back and visit the church they've left without feeling awkward. But I cannot see any situation where good pastoral advice would be, you've been damaged by the church you should abandon the church right. in right. its entirety. That right. seems to me to be a very unbiblical reaction to what indeed might have been unbiblical treatment. Mm-hmm. But just because right. you've been treated biblically does not give you the right or the opportunity, or the rationale for, for conducting yourself in an unbiblical fashion. Right, right. And we still believe and want to affirm the efficacy of the of the ordinary means of grace. And is it not true that uh, when I've been harmed, when when wrong has been done to me, I'm in a particularly vulnerable place, and yeah. I certainly need in those times the continued ministry of the Word, yeah. uh, the sacraments, the fellowship of God's people. And as you said, are there churches yeah. where a person in good conscience can and should leave? Sure. Yeah. But mm-hmm. in my times when I'm hurting, I'm particularly vulnerable, and I need the ministry of the church. Jesus told us that there were going to be tears this side of, of eternity. And, and there will be believers who do insensitive and stupid and sinful things periodically, but, but we must not abandon the ordinary means of grace. Uh, you know, it's interesting, Amy, those lines from Jen Hackmaker, one of the things that occurred to me was, you know, one of the things that liberal Christianity always does is it begins to um, abandon the ordinary means of grace, Mm -hmm. you know, preaching, you know, these services, you know, those are just, those are more ornamental. The the real gospel is, is in building a ramp or something. And, and the other thing that occurred to me is, is as you were reading that every single one of those things that she lists are things that go on in and through the church. I pastor every single one of them. Yeah. They're wonderful things. It's not a zero sum game. If you do one, then you can't. Exactly. Yeah. Right. On a weekly basis, yeah. Yeah. every right. single one of those things you named are happening in and through the church I pastor. And we don't have to Wonderful abandon, praise. you know, we don't have to disobey uh, right. he- Hebrews chapter 10 in order to do those things. Well, Worship I mean, takes up what? One and a half hours, two <laughs> hours on a Sunday? Yeah. I know. That's exactly. all it takes up. Right. Well, I mean, I see in both of these posts, you know, there's differences as one's been injured by the church mm-hmm. and the other is actual a pastor and his wife. Right. She also does preaching there, I believe. Yeah. They are leading this away from the church, yeah. away from the worship service. But in both, like, you know, noticing that he said he worked as, in a leadership position that they had to step down from, it almost seems like there's a, a warped view of what church is and, and why we go to church. Yeah. And I mean, they're not receivers as much as they yeah. are givers. You know, they're, 
they're there to serve, which not to say that we don't serve in church, yeah. but, um, you know, ultimately we're, we're receivers of Christ and all his benefits under yeah. the ministry yeah. right. of word and sacrament. And that's I mean, just missing. In, in some ways, you could draw an analogy with eating. You know, I could go to a local restaurant, have a meal and come down with food poisoning. It would be idiotic of me, therefore, to draw the conclusion, uh, I'm never going to eat again. Because right. I was poisoned in that restaurant. Mm-hmm. What happens if I never eat again? I die. Yeah. Or to take a break for a couple of months. Yeah. Or I'm, gonna <laughs> not, I'm not going to eat for just a couple of months. Right. right. If you have a proper every, understanding of yeah. what the church is and what preaching is and what the sacraments are, mm-hmm. it becomes patently obvious that abandoning them mm-hmm. is the last thing you should do. Right. When you're in a position of difficulty well, not- across life, not just in these situations, but across the whole of life, the last thing you should do is not right. be in church to hear the word proclaimed. Right. When our default is always to look to ourselves, isn't it? You know, in our own righteousness sure. and our own works and mm-hmm. for meaning within. And yeah. we're called out of that every Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's like an interruption to, to all that's going on there and, and to receive. Right. And, and what are we receiving? Christ. We're receiving Christ. Right. And one of the things that weekly process of sitting and passively, you know, actively listening, but, but in that passive way, receiving the word of God, receiving the sacraments, um, praying, being in the fellowship of God's people, one of the things that that does is it it doesn't allow self-aggrandizement on on my part. In those moments, I'm not allowed to look around and say, look at the good I'm doing. I'm Mm -hmm. a passive receiver at that point, which reminds me of my dependency upon God and my dependency upon the things that he's given me to be nourished on instead of making my demands that, no, 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 I'm going to nourish myself this way. And God says, no, you're going to be nourished this way. Yeah. And so, again, the hat maker thing is, is a complete false dichotomy. Uh, right. It is saying that instead of receiving the word preached, we're going to serve instead, as though, yeah. Yeah. as though those are competing yeah. things. Yeah, although the irony of what she says is that she sort of gets it right, even as she gets it wrong. From what Amy read, it sounds to me like she makes it clear that the worship service, preaching, etc., that is the fuel. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Says that. yeah, let's yeah. just take that away. Though. So we're going to go for a week without fuel. <laughs> saying, yeah, let's take the fuel out of this and do these yeah. things that it fuels us uh-huh. to do. Well, it's right. like so she's giving the benediction on Facebook, you know, you yeah. know, go out. But the yeah. thing is, I mean, I think we're all born with a sense of justice, right? I mean, we mm-hmm. know that those are good things to do, sure. but I mean, we're continually amazed by the grace that is portrayed and taught in God's church and his yeah. redemptive, you know, realm there. And again, we have to be reminded that there is something strange and different about the Christian Sabbath, about the Lord's Day. Right. It's meant to be different. Exactly. It's meant to be different from everything else. It's not to be ordinary. There is something strange, countercultural, if you like, otherworldly about saying, you're going to sit and listen. And, yeah. and, and the fact is, God's called his people to that posture for, you know, for yeah. 5,000 years. Yeah. You're going to yeah. sit and receive and listen. It's not new. That that seems yeah. odd to people. Yeah, That's an interesting has been odd. The very word sabbatical comes from Sabbath. You know, what is what right. these people mean when they say sabbatical? They mean yeah. they're drawing away, they're pulling away from their everyday life, their everyday routine, in order to do something different, to relax, de-stress, whatever. Well, that's what the the Sabbath is—a sabbatical. As Christians, that is the time when we draw aside from the world and we focus on the gospel. And on mm-hmm. building each other up in the faith, to use the term that uh, that Jude uses at the end of an end of his mm. short epistle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And the fact is, if, if you want to spend some time with some ministering to some mentally disabled children, you can do that on the Lord's Day. In fact, you can come to my church and do that every Lord's Day if you want. We have a reputation in our community of being a church that welcomes children with mental disabilities. And because of mm-hmm. that, we have a rather large ministry during mm-hmm. the week and on the Lord's Day. You can mm-hmm. come and worship with us and do that. Mm-hmm. You, don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to skip uh, the good gifts that the Lord gives us yeah. in order to do the good things that the yeah. Lord's called us to do. If you want to mow yeah. the lawn the car of a hard-pressed pastor come to my church we have plenty of opportunities for you to do that that is right that is right and let me just say that i'm pro sabbatical Uh, my church gives me a three-month sabbatical every six months and um it's it's quite good every six months i'm just kidding (laughs) they can only take six months of you it's actually actually them who are having the sabbatical (laughs) todd we need a break i mean you need a break Oh, man. Um, I know. Yeah. So this person who was suffering and sharing that on Twitter, I felt really sad that right. um, his family wasn't being ministered to. And, and he said his, his children are watching he and his wife crying a lot, you know, and I just thought this is really sad that his children don't get to see them ministered to and themselves ministered to in a in a congregation. Like if it was that bad that um, that you know, they could be taken under care somewhere else. Right. I don't know if that person's listening to the podcast, but if they are, I would strongly encourage them to contact a good church, yeah. talk to a, a good, decent pastor about the issues. I would say that sitting home and crying is, you know, that, that just shows how sad the situation is. You know, please try to find some help right. from pastor in a church that possess some sort of and you can still grieve. You can still grieve all of it's been yeah. called. You know, if you're in a church that's actually truly toxic, a church that really wounds and and harms people, well, then you know, feel the freedom of conscience to seek out a healthy, Bible believing, Christ loving church, shepherding but, elders. Yeah, exactly, but but don't be driven away from good gifts that God has to give you in the body of Christ because you're wounded. One of the devil's easiest tricks. Yes. is to use bad examples of Christianity yes. to drive good people away from the faith. Yes. One of the oldest tricks in the, in, in the devils. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, may, maybe we could um, conclude this podcast. Um, I can have you two answer for us. You know, what is church? Why do we go? Mm-hmm. Well, on, on the one hand, we attend church on the Lord's Day. We attend services on the Lord's Day as a pattern of receiving the good gift that God has given us that's written in the very creation uh, mandate uh, where God calls us uh, to enjoy a Sabbath rest every every week. And as a part of that, we attend to the public praise of God, to the preaching of the word, to the administration of the sacraments, um, because that is how God typically and ordinarily builds us up. And again, you'll always have voices that say, yes, but you know, I'm a visual learner and listening to preaching doesn't work. Or, you know, they used to like preaching, but preaching doesn't work anymore. No, it's, it's, it's always seemed odd because that is the way that God builds us up. So that's certainly one way to address that. Yeah. I think there are various ways that the word church is used. I think mm-hmm. the way we're, we're talking about here is really the local gathered church, right. mm-hmm. uh, the gathering of on the Lord's day of those who publicly profess their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, to hear the word preached, to join in corporate prayer, corporate singing of God's praises, giving of tithes for the work of God's kingdom. I think that that is the 
the essence of the mm-hmm. church that I think we're talking about in this mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, so, you know, the New Testament, I actually use this phrase in, in the sermon I preached just yesterday. The New Testament knows nothing about Lone Ranger Christians. No. Uh, only talks about Christians who are connected to some larger gathered right. body of professed faith in Christ. That's one thing I noticed in in the writing as well, and in, in the sadness there, saying how it was sad to be living this new life apart from a faith community. And I thought to myself, well, yeah, it is a faith community, a community of faith, but um, I noticed the absence of that word covenant community is mm-hmm. how I, I prefer to address mm-hmm. the church. You know, we're, we're yeah. a covenant community mm-hmm. and uh, you know, God bounds himself to promises himself to us mm-hmm. in this covenant. Yeah. And looking at the church that way, I think makes a big difference and, and shows what's, what's going on there. Right, the right. covenant renewal ceremony happening while mm-hmm. we're we're gathered together to, to hear God's word, and so I don't know. That's a, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but that's a word that I, I yeah. like to hear more. Yeah, and it and it reminds us again that when we talk about the church as a covenant community, going back to Carl's point, it reminds us that it's community. You know, when you talk about covenant, you're talking about relationship automatically, right, and right. so we, we're we're bound to that, and we need it regardless of how goofy the church can be. Uh, and it's going to be goofy in this lifetime. We need the fellowship of God's people and the unique ministry that God has entrusted to his church. We need that. I need that. And there are times when I start to think that I don't. And, and I, you need it, Todd. Trust me. You really need it. <laughs> no let me assure you on that as your, as your is, brother in Christ. Yep. There is no doubt I need it. And time and time again, that is proven uh, in my life. Well, thank you very much for joining us today on Mortification of Spin. It's been hopefully an entertaining and informative conversation. Just like to say that for those hundreds, if not thousands of people who've left Todd's various churches over the years, <laughs> abusive pastoral practices, <laughs> seek out a decent church with a good pastor. Please visit our website, mortificationofspin.org, for the chance to win one of our giveaway books, a book by Kevin DeYoung and Greg Gilbert on the church. And remember that we are a donor-supported podcast, so if the Lord leads you to make a donation, please feel free to do so. In the meantime, we look forward to being with you next Wednesday. Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. To read more on hard-hitting topics like this, visit the podcast page and blog at mortificationofspin.org, where we'll have links and other articles from Amy, Carl, and Todd. And while you're there, please subscribe and consider making a donation. And be sure to listen next time when Carl, Todd, and Amy talk about... In fact, I've been told we have nothing in common. We have nothing in common with Muslims at all. And I'm like, well, um, there's this monotheism. That's a different God. So you're saying that a little bit of decency, kindness, and hospitality might be helpful in hmm. building a bridge towards people my who don't know Christ. Okay. Who's a, a, a harder people group to reach, Muslims or King James only? That interview is next time. Join us then.
yeah. I gotta tell you, yeah, there are a lot of weird things in America, but marching bands—they are right I up there. I love the marching band. I love the marching band. They're up it's there. It's done really well. Cheese whiz, as far as I'm. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, uh, you you watch the JMU. I'll tell you what. I'm I'll tell you what. Technical skill, but that doesn't mean it's it amazing. is deeply weird, man. It's <laughs> not weird. It is Think not. That. So you like the game of cricket. But you think marching bands are weird. Now, see, we're going to have to talk about that. Lord Byron played cricket. He would not have touched a marching band with a long 20-foot pole. There's probably a lot of things that Lord Byron did touch, though, that um, (laughs) found it a very effective discipline tool when our kids had grown up was, you misbehave, we're going to make you join the marching band. (laughs) 